Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Joining us from Vegas, Nick Dashel, Oregon Live, joining us. What's the scene courtside there, man? It's lively. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I, I think I told you I was sitting right behind George Klyakov, and he's, 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 he's looking pretty casual today, taking in the, the Oregon-Washington game. I don't know if he was at the first game, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fairly lively atmosphere here. Um, they always try to make this thing, I mean, you've been to this thing before, they, they always try to jazz it up with a lot of music and stuff, so. Uh, 29-27 at halftime, Washington leads Oregon. Uh, Oregon has fought injuries this year. Grace Van Sluten, I I noted that she got some minutes. How did she look? That ankle not not okay or okay? You know, she, I mean, she's getting up and down the floor. I I don't know if she's really done anything, you know, specifically to help or hurt the cause. I think mostly she's getting her out there to, you know, see if she can contribute in any way. She hasn't. Like I said, she really hasn't done anything yet, but uh, mostly the defensive end. Oregon just had, you know, just had a, like about an eight-minute stretch there where they just couldn't do anything. Other than that, they're fine. Let me ask you, women's basketball in this conference, I think the big surprise to me is suddenly seeing uh, a team like Utah look like, hey, they could they could make a Final Four when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament. What has happened? At Oregon State in Oregon, in your mind, in the last uh, year or two? Well, I mean, one of the things, you know, fans keep emailing me and asking, you know, what's wrong with Oregon State? You know, there's a number of reasons. But but one thing is, is other schools are taking women's basketball pretty seriously now. I mean, they, 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 that wasn't always the case, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to get a piece of the pie, and it's not quite as easy to, you know, be – be on top as it used to be but Oregon State you know Oregon State's issue is is you know the transfer portal they've, they've lost players that they would typically you know the third and fourth year players they count on to, to be there every year they're not there all of a sudden and so Oregon State's having to try to figure out how to pivot to this this new era and you know, I think Scott will figure it out but but you know it, it's it's a it's a little bit of a challenge right now I I think they come into the tournament you know playing Probably about as well as they've been playing, you know, of late. And they they did get a win on Saturday, so they they've got a shot. I mean, with Oregon, it's just you know, again, the transfer portal. They seem to lose a lot of players, and they you know they they're reloading with new ones. But you know, experience matters, and they don't have a ton of it. Plus, they've had you know some injuries this year too, so that that's been a bit of an issue. Do you, you know there's five ranked teams in the conference uh, at the top, and Oregon and Oregon State. I'm used to seeing them there, and they're not there this year it you mentioned the players getting in the portal is there any one reason why they jump in the portal are they not happy is there an issue or is it is it that is it the pandemic i've heard other i've heard all sorts of explanations i mean what school isn't losing players other than stanford everybody's kind of losing them these days it's just last year with oregon state they lost you know players that really i mean they're playing Two of them are playing on Duke, which was a top-10 team this year. Texas, they, they lost one to Texas, and they're a top-10 team. And, um, you know, they've, they've lost some good players. 
I don't know the you know I don't know all the issues. It's kind of hard to get good information out of you know Scott when it comes to that sort of stuff. I think he's just he's trying to figure it out, and um, I think players are looking for opportunities. I, you know, part of it is you know they they've they've done a little bit more national re- with recruiting, and when you do that, you maybe you're you're recruiting kids that are two and three time zones away, and you know they get they get here to Oregon, and yeah, you know maybe that's not as comfortable for them, and they end up you know transferring. That's that's been the case with the, several of them that left. They 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 were from other parts of the country, and now they're back, kind of closer to home. The surprise in the women's standings is Utah, 25-3, and 15-3 and three in conference play, number three ranking. What is Utah doing? Boy, you know, they, they about three years ago, they, they really started getting some players that could shoot it, and they, 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 their offense is tremendous. They, they, they've got the best offense in the conference, I think. Just from watching everybody this year when they played Oregon State, I, I mean, they're so impressive. They just the way they run their offense, and they're they're always getting good shots. And you know, now they got good players. And I mean, they're they're I mean, they're they're a threat to be a one seed in the tournament. Which uh, did anybody have? I don't think anybody had that on on their on their you know on their bracket going into the season. You know, everybody thought Utah was a tournament team, perhaps, but a one seed that's that's kind of crazy. I want to flip a little bit, and again, you're you're visiting us from halftime in Vegas, as uh, Oregon is playing Washington down by two. The Ducks are down by two at half. But the men's tournament will take place next week. There's still some seating to be decided. Um, USC and Arizona are going to play each other, and USC could leapfrog Arizona and be in the two spot. Which of those two teams do you like better between U- USC and Arizona right now? Oh, I always I like Arizona. I love Arizona just because I, I I like the way Tommy coaches and I like their bigs and I I just don't know what I don't know what to, I don't know if I can always trust USC. I I watched them you know when they played Oregon State and Oregon State should have beat them down down in LA and you know and, and they did end up beating them up here. So um, I don't know. I just I don't trust USC. I just they're they're. You know they're good, but I, I just I think Arizona is just a more reliable team. I just like the way Tommy coaches. Yeah, look, uh, you look at the tournament as a whole. I think it's going to be more wild than and wide open than some other years. Uh, but give me an idea, Nick. You've watched these teams play. Uh, you've seen a little of Oregon, a little of Washington State, Arizona State. You know, give me a. A team that could be seated four through seven or eight that you could see getting to the title game. It wouldn't be crazy for them to get to the title game. Well, you know, title game. I don't know if Stanford could get there, but they've figured they've figured out that they're not they're not a bad team. They they were a bad team early in the year, and they got things figured out about middle of the season. They've been tough. They've been pretty tough the the, the, the second half of the season. I don't know if they can get the championship game. I mean, outside of the top four, I mean, shoot, I don't know. Colorado can play defense, but they, their offense is, is pretty subpar. I don't know if they could get there. Oh, you know, Arizona State, I think you mentioned them before. They, yeah, I mean, they're possible, but I guess the sleeper team would be would probably be Stanford. Uh, and that, that's, that's just kind of my gut feeling at this point. Washington State, I know. 
sit there on a lot of people's, you know, brackets where people think they could make a run. It's possible. I just, I like the way Stanford plays, and they've been playing well of late. I, I'd give them a puncher's chance to, you know, at least make maybe make the semis as, a, as an outsider, and who knows once you get to the semis. Look, uh, Washington is leading Oregon 29-27 at halftime. Uh, Nick Dashiell, you're on the scene there. I appreciate you joining us. Um, the Beavers uh, coming up uh, will play USC tonight late in the late game there. Uh, you give Oregon State a shot puncher's chance in that one. Well, they went to overtime with them uh, in, in L.A. a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, Oregon, Oregon State has given everybody trouble this year. They just can't finish games, but they did finish the other day. So maybe that's all it'll take. So, yeah, I'm, I'd give Oregon State a shot. All right, go uh, go play some roulette afterwards. I'll catch up with you. I'll see you in the arena. Yeah, what, about 2 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on your way home. Dashiell, yeah. thank you, man. All right, All right take I care. There he is, Nick Dashiell, joining us uh, live via satellite from the Strip. Uh, look, uh, I think it's going to be fantastic to see the tournament. Next week we'll dive deep into the men's tournament, but the women are playing now, uh, today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and they'll determine the conference championship in an automatic bid for somebody. Leave it here. Our big splash coming up. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I've got a basketball scout who has been working on evaluation of the Pac-12 tournament teams, Pac-12 men's teams in basketball for most of the season, watching them up close, evaluating them uh, on Monday at johnconzano.com. We'll have a big Pac-12 preview of the uh, men's tournament and uh, sort of handicapping the field, laying it all out. Uh, we will talk about that uh, next week as well. Uh, it leads us into our big splash. It's the one thing that you need to know. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The big splash. Well, the University of Washington announced today that its athletic director, Jennifer Cohen, who has been on this show, has been named to the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. First female athletic director and the fourth woman overall to make the college football playoff committee. Big honor for Jen Cohen. In a statement, she said, quote, I'm incredibly excited to join the college football playoff selection committee. She thanked everybody for the opportunity and said, quote, I can't wait to get to work. Uh, it's interesting. The, the college football playoff, I want you to chew on this because on tomorrow's show, we're going to get a visit from the CEO of the Knight Commission. And the Knight Commission is an independent organization that is there to kind of give recommendations to the NCAA and to college athletics in, in, at large and really did kind of institute the idea of academic progress. And, you know, it's kind of a watchdog organization, more or less, that oversees and recommends and nudges the NCAA. Um, we're going to have the CEO of the Knight Commission on the show tomorrow. You know, it, it doesn't sound like a big splashy interview. But it's kind of a big deal. And Amy Perko is the CEO, and she's a former Wake Forest basketball player. 
you know, when we when I was lining up the interview, I started doing some research on the college football playoff and the NCAA tournament because today's March first, right? It, the NCAA tournament brings in a billion dollars a year, one billion dollars a year in revenue. That money is used to put on ninety championship events, including the D2 and the D3 tournaments in football. The college football playoff, guess how much money the NCAA makes off that? Zero. No money. The conferences and the teams that participate keep all the money. And yet those teams and those conferences, what do they do? They hide behind the shield of the NCAA when it comes to litigation and rules enforcement and all sorts of things. I think you're going to see the NCAA putting some pressure on the college football playoff to share some of that revenue. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.